In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Pet Sounds, and God only knows what we do without you, the listener. And God only knows what I do without you. God only knows what I do God only knows. God only knows what I do without you. God only knows. God only knows. Guys, we should fuck this shit and go start a band. We are good. We are, we are the Beach Boys. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. All right. Welcome to Beck Did It Better, the podcast where we're talking about the Rolling Stones' top 500 greatest albums of all time. And we're all the way to number, number, number two, Petsow. Uh, let's start talking about the Beach Boys and uh, Brian Wilson. Essentially, it's Brian Wilson doing this whole album, but the Beach Boys and Pet Sounds. But before we talk about that, let's talk about something more important. Rolling, how's it going? All right, so let's go rolling. How's it going? <laughs> it's the it's the trend that's it sweeping the nation. Aaron, it works. Aaron, rolling, going. How are you doing? I was I was almost going gone today. I, I'll be honest. Uh, I had a, I had a good day, uh, but it was a work day, and so I'm working at home with my toddler. And uh, I hope my employer is not listening to this because uh, I did very little work today. Uh, <laughs> by mostly working on trying to raise my son, who uh, at various points in the day tried to murder us, but he's a wonderful boy, and I love him so much. So, Aaron, uh, at what Aaron, at what point of the day do you just acknowledge it's going to be a very low work day? Uh, about 10 a.m. Oh. Yeah, probably 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, yeah, I missed the, I was going to, I was, so my, my thing is, you guys know that, uh, you guys remember that song, Because I Got High? Afro yep. Man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was the first yeah, dance so, at my wedding. Da, da, yep. da, da, da. Once again, I hope my employer is not listening, but I, I at 10 a.m. I started. Aaron, I whatever start, you're about uh, to say, you, you might not want to say this. I mean, we're going to make it big one day yeah. and your boss is certain to listen to it, but it was fine for you to say you weren't working at Wait all. Wait a minute. You're saying I have these employees that live in California and they're getting high? Holy <laughs> shit. Not, shut it down. No, no. This is not happening during work hours, but what happens to me during work hours is that at you know, 9 a.m. I take my son to the park and I think, okay, I'm, I'm here for an hour and a half. Time to get whatever high. I'm, whatever I didn't do right now, I'm going to, you know, do tonight. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh. log in tonight. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to finish that report. I'm going to whatever. And, uh, and so <laughs> throughout the day, I build up a catalog of things I was going to do tonight. Uh, and then the night comes around and I um, drink wine and I don't do it because I got drunk. So that's, that's my day. Typically, that was my day today. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really good now. I'm talking to you guys, and I had a few moments before we got started to read um, the book I'm reading, Duck's Newbury Report by Lucy Elman, which I truly love. I'm halfway through. Uh, it's a big project for me, so that's where I'm at today. You know what, Rosie? I'm going to go next today because I also have to recommend a book. I'm reading The Institute by Stephen King. It is it is a classic Stephen King book where basically a kid wakes up, doesn't know where he is, got psychic powers, everybody's trying to torture him. 
and then he has to kill everybody. It's a classic Stephen King. If you like Stephen King, The Institute, it's a fast read. I've read the whole thing in about three days. Great book. Uh, that sounds amazing. What was it written? I think a year ago. It just came out. It's a very recent oh, Stephen fantastic. King. What is your guys? What is your guys' favorite? What is your favorite Stephen King book ever? It is The Stand. Yeah, I don't. I don't read. I don't read fiction, so I've I've never read a Stephen King book. You guys, I, if you really want to get into a good Stephen King, I've read almost all of his books. I think his best stuff is his short stories. Or I would go with. I really love The Walk, which is a it's him as Richard Bachman, but his short stories are unfucking beatable. They are so good. Have you guys ever read the book where? If a person found a time machine and went back in time and could kill Lee Harvey Oswald, what would happen and how would the face of the world change? Have you guys ever read that one? Yeah, I did. 112267 or whatever it's called. There you go. There you go. Yeah. What do you think of that one, Rob? I thought it was fantastic. And I thought it was one of the few Stephen King stories where he could pull off an ending. A lot of his stories at the end, he's like, uh, aliens? You know, like he doesn't quite know how to finish it, but it's like, it's like the wire. It's like every season of the wire. Oh, government fucked it up. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you guys could go back in time and you could take out Lee Harvey Oswald, what would be your first move or what would be your strategy? Are we talking take like MMA takedown? Or are we talking like get him with a, a hacksaw, cut a couple limbs off? Or what are we talking about here? <laughs> it's your style. It feels like you've thought about this a little bit, Matt, which oh. is kind of disturbing to me. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, do you, do, you, do you take him before he gets into the building? I mean, there's kind of a, it's kind of, what's that other movie? What's the uh, Tom Cruise movie where... The uh, live die repeat minority report minority report isn't that the one where they you know they know that you're going to commit a crime and stuff so when do you yeah I don't know that's kind of getting a little deep and trying to figure out when to when to take it out I don't know I think I'm going to go I'm going to bring it back to this album and I would go find him wherever he was and I would play for him I just wasn't made for these times until he was too sad to do anything else (laughs) and then he wouldn't assassinate JFK he would say. I feel you. Yeah. I am also not made for these times. I also feel very sad and let's hug it out. That's what I would do. You know what I think I would do is do the witness thing, the Harrison Ford movie thing where I put him into a grain silo and then open up the grain silo and all the grain falls on him and he suffocates. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? It seems like the absolute worst way to go. It'd be terrible. This is taking a dark turn. Oh, well, it, blame Russ. He's not going on enough dates. He's bummed out. He's got, he's got some dark thoughts right now. I thought Matt's 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 reasoning of just giving him a, a fair double leg takedown and holding him down in a submission hold for a while until it had passed was perfectly reasonable. But but you took it a little further, Rob. I just thought we could listen to the Beach Boys together, me and Lee Harvey, and he would change his mind. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Russ, rolling, going. How's it going? It's going pretty well. My brother and my sister-in-law recently purchased a new business and they're, they've been running it. My sister-in-law is going to be out of town for a while and they asked me to come up and help with their kids for three or four days next week. And warning, so I thought warning. you guys being parents, nice. maybe I could ask for a little advice. Oh, do you have an iPad, Russell? Mountain Dew and Pixie Sticks. Mountain Dew and Pixie Sticks. Nothing else. Check right and about check. Eight, o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, too. Would be good. My, my advice would be to get an iPad that has you know 5G. You can They can watch movies anywhere that's my that's my number one parenting advice the the one the one thing i've always found is that i usually take advice better when i go sit in the corner for that advice rob (laughs) you know it's so insulting you guys think you need to cue me for this when really i was just getting ready having trouble loading get 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 to the corner it's time for russell's advice corner oh yeah you know that's so sick 
That's so sick that you need to request to go into the advice corner. I think that's <laughs> ill. That's, that's messed up to me. Okay, so I don't really need advice on how to be a good uncle. I've already kind of got that figured out. But sometimes uncles don't have to deal with questions that parents have to deal with, right? So last time I was with my nieces and nephews, and they're about between the ages of four and six, my six-year-old niece asked me, first, is the tooth fairy real? And then second, is Paul Bunyan real? And I didn't really know how to respond to it. I gave her this long dissertation about how Paul Bunyan is a folklore, and I don't think she quite understood that. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you guys as parents deal with, yes and yes. deal with your kids when they ask about kind of these, these things like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny? I think the answer is you have to keep that dream going as long as possible. Because why not? Like, what do you want the kids to grow up and learn what the real world is like? Like, oh, guess what? There's taxes. That sucks. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the, uh, and I think I stole this from a parenting blog. I'm, I'm a big fan of the, um, I like to think, or I like to imagine, you know, train of thought. So when they ask you if the tooth fairy is real, like, well, I, you know, I like to, I like to think that the tooth fairy comes and, you know, puts a dollar under my, or whatever it is now, $50 or whatever under my pillow. <laughs> if I lose a tooth, they're like, California, that's the Bay area. I'd want to imagine, I'd want to, I'd want to imagine that, you know, Santa flies around delivering presents. That's uh, that's that's what I think uh, is the best way to go. You know, engage, engage your own imagination in this process. My guess is the Tooth Fairy probably delivers a certain amount of Bitcoin to the kids out in Oakland, and they don't get cash. <laughs> taking this one step further, are there certain yeah, certain fairy tales or whatever you want to call these things that are more acceptable to tell at an earlier age, like? It's got to be okay to tell your kids that the Easter bunny is not real. I mean, it's a giant effing Easter bunny jumping around. So that could be like a terrifying thing, right? Is there any yeah. sort of scale of like Santa Claus has to stay till the end or the elf on the shelf stays till the end or what gets to, what gets to be divulged first? I think given your geographic location, Paul Bunyan stays forever. Cause I'm not convinced he wasn't real. So I, Paul Bunyan is real hundred percent. How did all those lakes get made in Minnesota? I don't know. Uh, yep. That's what I'm saying. Yep. I mean, my experience with Minnesotans is each of them think that their own farts or footprints made particular lake but that's a different story farts. for a different time <laughs> i i i i think santa santa as soon as the santa one crumbles the rest of them are going to follow you got to keep that santa one going as long as you possibly can it's the base it's the absolute baseline of all other childhood myths and once it all falls apart it's just it's it's Pretty much from there, right to the grave. Am I allowed you know, to tell my six-year-old niece that when I showed her that movie Child's Play that Chucky is not real, or was that a mistake <laughs> that I showed her that no. movie? I mean, that's just kind of that's just common sense to let make sure that they watch out for those dolls. Cautionary tale. Think, that's a cautionary tale. Yeah. Life. That, that Russ. That's that's a life advice right there. Don't worry about that. My two-year-old niece is never going to be excited again to carry around that little doll she carries around wherever she goes. Okay. She. So I will say two years old is very young to watch Child's Play. I think two years old is about where I would draw the limit. That's the line. That's where you find the line. Sometime this, over a couple, course of a couple months, I watched all the Friday the 13th movies with my eight-year-old. And that was right at the cusp of how young you can go with horror movies. Because now anytime I turn to her and go, (laughs) then she starts freaking out. So it's, I would not recommend that. No, Russell, I think, you know, as the uncle, it's your job to just 
you play that shit out as long as you can. Oh, hell yeah, they're real. You know, like I saw them yesterday. They were flo- I came in from Minneapolis, and I think they, you know, I, I saw them on 494 driving by me. I swear. Yeah. You know, you, you, you as the uncle can play that up just fine. Yeah, so, I, yeah. Yep. I saw that. I agree with Matt. That's I, smart. Yeah. I saw that little freckle-head, red-headed doll running around, and he murdered like eight people on this line. So you better be quiet and go to bed. <laughs> Russ, I would caution you to stop equating Chucky with Santa Claus. They are oh. two very different things. Do not put those on the same level at all. Well, it's, it's a good thing I went to Russell's advice corner today. I appreciate it, fellas. I'm glad, glad you, glad to have you here. That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's advice corner. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, now that we're out of the corner, that as a child of divorce, I had a lot of thoughts, uh, jokes I was going to make about bubbles you don't want to burst for these kids, but I'm not going to do that. Part of the bit. By the the way, I want to go back to the intro. I was going to say something happier at the beginning, too. This is what's going on in my life right now, is that Jenny, Jenny dropped a bomb on me before we started recording tonight. She said, you know... I was listening to an earlier podcast, which shocked and amazed me. And she said, I think I'm really what about our podcasts. Yeah. Our podcast. What the hell? Wow. I know what a loser, but here's the thing is that she said to me, you know, I think I'm really with Matt about how much he loves live music. And that kind of like, I really liked Matt's view on live music. So Matt, if you want to do like a straight up trade or whatever, you just let me know. Cause I'm down. <laughs> She obviously wants to be with you more. I don't know. How does, is there man, like, how, a, I mean, like maybe a weekend or something? I don't know. Yeah. There's kind of a, they a call that something, a, I think. You know, a weekend yeah. or Matt, a decade. Get, I think get, whatever you now, want to do is fine. You get to fine. choose which, which one of Rob and his wife you want to marry. That's the best part of it. You you get the choice now. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant, I Matt. Is that you and tough. I? That'll it's be you tough. and I. I mean, you know, 23 hours and 56 minutes of the day, you know, you and I can be eating Twinkies <laughs> and everything. And then, yeah. Another four minutes. I don't know. I'm impressed. That's a long time. That's great, man. I have to admit, a lot of this album made me think about what it was like as like a in junior high or a teenager, talking about what it's going to be like when you get married and fall in love, and like, oh my god, can you imagine if we get to wake up together? And now it's like marriage now is so different than what I thought it was going to be when I was younger. I mean, when I was younger, all I I would say to myself like, oh my god, please give me a dream where I have three blondes in my bed. Like that's all I want. And the other morning I woke up with me and my wife and my two daughters in the same bed. And I was like, Jesus Christ, get me out of here. There's not enough room. I can barely sleep. I like, I like went on a couch where both my head and my feet are Careful above. Careful what you, you wish know? for there, Rob. Yeah. I was right. like, I was like, this is still better than being in a bed where I have three different people rolling and kicking me at the same time. So, uh, a rolling going, Matt, how's it go- going? I don't think I asked you. How's it going? It's going good. Uh, Minnesota in July, August, September, you know, this is why we live here horrible in the winters but it's beautiful out right now and so just living it up living it up taking the kids out for bike rides stuff like that having a good time matt do you do you as a father always do the responsible thing and wear your bike helmet when you're out with your kids the other day i was i was out for a walk and i noticed there was some parents and kids and the parents weren't wearing the bike helmets but the kids were and i wondered is that is that the way to handle it or how do you handle that no, I, I, I wear it all the time, and I even wear it just when I'm biking. You know, we live by the, the chain of lakes or 10 blocks north of me, and, you know, a guy told me once, and it's kind of like skiing, too. You know, when, you, when we first started skiing, nobody wore helmets, but then Sonny Bono died, and somebody told me it's just not the way to go. Cracking your head on the pavement's just not the way to die. So if you might, everybody's wearing them. I just wear it, too. You know, we, I've even, my, my eight-year-old just started biking, and my parents live... 
six blocks as the crow flies, but we got to go up and around a highway and get a couple major streets. So, you know, we even do the get off and walk the bikes across, things like that, because it's just not the way to go. So, yes, I, I think it's the only it's the responsible thing to do. Now, do your kids put the, the baseball cards in their spokes so it's like a motorcycle or do they have the horns or what type of accessories do they have for the bikes for these kids these days? Because we had these to kind of questions. back in the day make our own accessories. But w- what's out there for kids and bikes these days? Uh, Pokemon cards more than anything, you know, so we don't have baseball cards anymore. Still a thing? Well, yeah, it is. Oh, it wow. is. There's more. Uh, there's more. They just keep adding on. There's more worlds and all that stuff for them. So they should make accessories for the Peloton, like to make it feel like you're riding a motorcycle instead of a bike. So make it kind of bring you back to your youth. So maybe, for example, you get some sort of motorcycle sound. So when you start revving up the engine and you start pedaling hard, it feels like you're just flying down the Pacific Coast Highway on your chopper. Or maybe you get like a hot woman and she sits behind you on the bike while you're riding it, like with the with the cut off jean shorts and everything. Ever forget a motorcycle where the lady could sit in front while you're driving? I mean, I guess I just let that you would drive be you, Rosie. You would be in bucket. back. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife would be in front. You'd be like, I'm getting car sick. I, that just seems like a better way to do it. Aaron would be in one of those little sidecars, you know, that, that is attached to the motorcycle. <laughs> and his wife would say, now you sit over there, Aaron. Enjoy your He's time holding the, the map up, car. trying to look at where they're going. Yeah, I, 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 I got to admit, though, relax. if some woman showed up on a motorcycle and was like, get on, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is odd <laughs> as hell. I'm <laughs> getting on this thing. I got to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just I would sit in the sidecar and I would just listen to you guys on the podcast and it would be wonderful. I'd right? be like, she's wearing a bike helmet. I don't care. I'm still taking the chances. This is still hot as hell. I think it's great that's what i love about this new mask mandate this mask mandate is perfect for guys like me my upper face is hot as shit my upper face looks so good it's it's so great put a mask on there nobody can see like oh is that what he thinks a mustache is like nobody can see that i look so good with a mask oh it's just fantastic has this guy ever heard of toothpaste (laughs) yeah no i will say that is one thing about wearing a mask my mask has started to smell so bad it smells like it, it smells like something died in it. Every time Pretty I put sure it on, you like, can wash that, can't you? Yeah, I These can. Are, yeah, if I thought about it, if I thought masks. about it any other time beside the first time I put it on, I put it on. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, it smells terrible. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, get this off, and I don't think about it anymore. It's too late to wash it. I'm with you, Rob. I don't think you wash it. I I think it's like a good luck <laughs> charm, like when hockey players don't shower, they don't shave for for weeks on end in the NHL playoffs. Yeah. Rob, I think you've made it this far through the pandemic. You got to stick with that mask. You do not change that well, stinking mask. You know, at some point, what there's going to be a mask arms race of having the coolest mask. I I did. It is man. Masks are accessories, man. Did buy a, cool I mask. did buy a baby Yoda holding a Vikings football mask. What is the coolest mask to you, Aaron? I bought one just uh, the other day off of a website. Um, on it. I mean, I don't know. You're not gonna. You guys are gonna like what that. What the fuck? I, I bird cool. cages. Bird cages. What the That's hell? Cool. Why are you even what? on this podcast? What are you doing? <laughs> did you search bird cage mask? Did you well. search bird cage mask? How did you find a bird cage match? So there's a, uh, how much time you got? There's a tattoo artist uh, from okay. Petaluma who I uh, don't have any tattoos from, but I like his work. His name's Greg Rojas, and he's uh, well known for his bird cage tattoos. And so, you know, tattoo huh? artists obviously can't. Uh, by their trade right now, so they got to figure. Got to be known for something. <laughs> I could do and a so birdcage he, tattoo. It's fucking like five I, lines. It's it's 
One down here, one over here, one over here, down birdcage. So I bought a birdcage mask because I've always wanted one of his birdcage tattoos, but I don't have one yet. And I don't know when the next time I'm getting a tattoo is. So I had to buy one of his masks. I was thinking of getting a mask that has my lower face on it. Because those always look so fucked up because it's so much bigger than normal. But Right. <laughs> right. Now that you made me think that there's a birdcage mask out there, I definitely want to get one with my lower face on it because that birdcage mask sounds shitty. It sounds like a terrible idea. I'm going to send you a birdcage mask, Rob. You're going to like it. Rob, I also think if you went, I also think if you went with the, your own face mask, people wouldn't be as shocked and appalled when you do take the mask off eventually. <laughs> you're kind of setting them up for you're weaning them into the, the stark reality that is your lower face. Yeah, I need to find, I need to find a hotter yeah. guy to get his lower face on my face. You're right about that. Or like a woman's face. Huh? Progressive? Okay, edit that out. Need to talk about the Beach Boys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Real supportive. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about the Beach Boys real quick. Let's talk about Pet Sounds. Any experience with this album or the band? Russell, what about you? Any experience with the Beach Boys or Pet Sounds in general? I have... No real experience with pet sounds. I remember listening to the Beach Boys all the time as kids. I think, Rob, the other day you were saying that your parents had the Beach Boys greatest hits or something along those lines. And, and I remember we had a tape like that, too. And whenever we would go on trips in the car or road trips, we would always listen to that tape. So it had Surfer Girl, Surf and Safari, Surf in USA, Little Deuce Coop, Fun, Fun, yeah. Fun, and Help Me yeah. Rhonda. All those songs that are like these big commercials. Deuce Coop sucks. What's that? What? That's a shitty song. Little Deuce Coop. That song rocks, Aaron. Yeah, you're wrong. But but I think even more importantly than those songs, do you guys remember when that movie Cocktail came out? Oh, and that soundtrack came out with the song Kokomo. Kokomo was by far the biggest song in my fourth and fifth grade year. Absolutely. I would say in my life as a student, that was the biggest song for any year that I was ever in school. We went to different schools, man. Tupac, <laughs> Tupac came out in you know in Biggie Smalls, and it was who's better, yeah. So, but I get, I know what you mean because that was, you know, when they're singing "Every Island," it was awesome. Yeah. I had a friend Cartoon where we would literally sit there and just listen to Kokomo over and over, and we're like, this. Yep. And we're like, I've this song is so good. Never the seen the movie so well. Never seen it. I just know oh, the soundtrack so well. It's a great one. My brother and my sister-in-law are actually on a quest to go to every island that is in the song Kokomo. They've gotten through like six of them or something like that. Oh, well, nice. What is it with your, your family in these quests? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Your mom? They're, they're goal-driven. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But I, what a great quest. Good luck getting to Kokomo. I, I will say they're going to spend some time finding Kokomo on a map and having to get there. <laughs> their podcast is going to be as good as ours, but I'm I'm looking forward to listening to their podcast. But, yeah, but why so, did we come up with an idea like that? Instead, I'm sitting out in my fucking parents' car at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm sitting <laughs> on my porch talking to you guys about the Beach Boys. They're like, we should be in Aruba. They're like, we should go to Aruba, Jamaica. Come on, I want to take you to Key Largo, Montego. God damn it! We're so idiots. in my mind. Bahama. In in my mind, I always thought of the Beach Boys as you know having all these hit songs about. Bermuda and Bahama and surfing and cars and girls. Yeah. And when I saw this album was number two on the list, I was kind of shocked because I was like, this doesn't seem like the type of music that would be up this high because I wasn't really familiar with pet sounds. And yeah. I listened to the album and I was waiting and I was like, where are any of the songs I know? Because I don't know. I've, I've heard of maybe the opening song, but I don't know any of the other songs. And so when none of these songs were on there, I was kind of shocked and I was like, what the hell is this? How can this be number two when none of the songs that I've heard of are on there? 
And then I kind of took some time, listened to it a right. few times. And I think, I know a few of you guys might've watched it, but I watched a documentary on Amazon prime called pet sounds. And it kind of was about the making, making of this, this album and kind of where the beach boys came from before this album. And it was really good. I'd highly recommend it. But so I gained a little further appreciation watching that and then listening to it. But that's where I came at with this album. Edit the A word out. Cause they don't need our advertising, but I, but I feel yeah. pay us motherfucker. Pay us Jeff Bezos. So like I feel like you like you if you listen to this album for the first time and you didn't know God only knows which that means you haven't watched Love Actually oh. as many times as I have. Oh. Secondly, if you didn't know, uh, like I envy yeah. you. Like you're like it's like my dream in life is to go back and watch Empire Strikes Back without knowing the end. And you got to do that with this album. You got to listen to it with fresh ears. Like that's amazing. I, I envy your experience, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say about the album. Uh, Rosie, what's your experience with the Beach Boys or Pet Sounds in general? My experience with the Beach Boys is the same, I think, as Russell. I knew them from KIOA, like listening with my mom in the car. And so I knew. Now, did KIOA, did they have a Beach Boys segment on like Fridays? Like, did they just do every band in the top five, like every day of the week or what? So that's, that's what I'm about to say is we discussed during the Sergeant Pepper episode that Rob, you thought that you could only like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, but I, because I was a super Beatles dork and read about how pet sounds had influenced the Beatles. I felt like I had to choose between the Beatles and the beach boys. And I was like, I'm a Beatles guy. Like, ah, the Beatles are the thing. And so I never got into, like I, I willfully didn't listen to pet sounds for many years. And now, uh, listening to this album, I love it so much. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and as I mentioned, um, I watch Love Actually every Christmas with my lady, and so God only knows plays such an important role yeah. in, in Love Actually. It's like a Pavlovian response for me now. I'm what like, I about, love this song; it's so great. What What is it about women around the holidays where they want to lo- watch Love Actually? Jenny, my wife does the same thing every holiday. She's like, "Let's watch Love Actually," and I'm like, "We've oh, seen no, it ten my times." My wife hates it, but I make her watch it. Oh. Shocker. Okay, switch up. That was a joke. That was my joke. That was my one joke. I've told one joke on the entire. <laughs> Rosie, you and I, we're going to do a switch up too, okay? Wife swap. <laughs> this album was like, I had the same experience where I was like, oh, the Beach Boys are like poppy surf music. And then you hear pet sounds and you're like, oh, holy shit, this is like really great pop music. So that, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, I, don't we need to reframe this conversation, right? If we're talking about pet sounds, we have to stop. I mean, obviously, it's a Beach Boys album. But it's not, right? It's a Brian Wilson album. It's a Brian Wilson solo album. And they brought in the Beach Boys in the same way you would, like, bring your dog to work one day to, like, entertain people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the dog is there. The dog's not doing that much work. Like, you know. Like, it's like when I bring my daughters to school and they see me teach. They're there, but they're not doing jack shit. Like, I'm doing most of the work. They're just there for fun. That's how I picture, like, Brian Wilson bringing in the rest of the Beach Boys and being like, Al. Desjardins, sing this. Uh, no, that sucks. You, you're terrible. Th- those other Beach Boys, though, especially the two guys who always wear the baseball hats, they seem to have a lot of a lot to say about this. <laughs> they seem to think they're pre- pretty damn pivotal. Pivotal there. I will say the Beach Boys are the Beach Boys. If they would have lived in the time of tabloids, would have been the most interesting group ever. Because really, it's Brian Wilson writing all these great songs on Pet Sounds, and as soon as Brian Wilson's gone, you get Kokomo, <laughs> right? It goes from like, God only knows what I'd be without you to like, I think you're compressing the time. 
<laughs> no, I'm we not. We might have lost it's 20 years in there. <laughs> no. 1967 I'm to not. 1987. <laughs> no, I'm editing all this out so it looks like I know what I'm talking about. And I'm glad that you guys agree with uh, Matt, what's your what's your history with the Beach Boys or Pet Sounds? Uh, with the Beach Boys, I mean, it's kind of the same. I, I remember going to Broadway Pizza in Richfield, and they had a jukebox and playing every every Beach Boy song you could. You know, that's my first kind of intro to the Beach Boys. You know, Pet Sounds, I think when I first got introduced was way late in life. I was watching a documentary about the Wrecking Crew, which I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, so um, good. And, and, you know, and, and it was heavily... It discussed Brian Wilson and, and this album. And so, of course, I go and listen to the album, and it, it just it does nothing for me. And it, obviously, I like the songs, and <laughs> I they're love great. And okay, this is good. And I think it really comes down to my knowledge of music. I mean, I don't play an instrument. I don't record music. I don't know anything but what I hear on the radio and now what I hear, uh, you know, different streaming services and things like that. And so I don't, you know, I just, I, I, I come in with such a, an amateur ear that I don't understand, you know, what they did, how they changed things. You know, Brian Wilson using the studio as an instrument, which is kind of a theme throughout. And so, you know, the more I hear it, the, the, more, the more I listen to the album, the more I, I hear the kind of the genius, I think, and, and how he was integrating different uh, drums and, you know, having four different drummers playing and three different this and two different that to get kind of that wall of sound effect that uh, Phil Spector created. Um, but, you know, to, to me still, I still, it's not, it's not like a, oh boy, this is so great kind of an album for me. I like listening to it. I mean, you know, a lot of the uh, Sloop John B wasn't written by them. You know, they rearranged yeah. it, so it came out. It's just, I, I think it's, uh, it, it's hard for me to say. Wow, this is certainly number two. Um, but I think you kind of look into, you really dive into the history of it and realize that this was probably one of the first studio albums um, to kind of come out and, and really use it. The I don't know if it ever sold commercially until like 20 years later. I think it did really bad uh, from a commercial selling standpoint. And so it's just, it, it's hard for me to say it's the number two album, but uh, the more I look, the more I get through it, I, I think I certainly understand where it's, it's place in history is. It's just, I don't know if it's number two for me. I would echo what Matt you're saying to some extent. When I listened to this the first time, I was really surprised that it was this high up on the list. It just felt kind of like this, melancholy lovey pop album throughout the whole thing and that's the whole concept of it to some extent but then when i started reading about it and when i watched the documentary it gave me a whole new appreciation for what goes yeah. into it and then i feel like i'm listening to it a little bit differently or trying to hear different things for example i was looking that on the song pet sounds there are 22 instruments and 52 musicians that are a part of that song and that's just crazy mm -hmm. right it just sounds like money to me. This album just sounds like money. It's just like this was somehow, and this wouldn't really happen today, but this was at the dawn of the album age where somebody said, an executive said, yeah, we could make money if we pay Brian Wilson to sit in the studio. Or maybe Brian Wilson went out on a limb. I don't know. But, you know, these musicians on here were great musicians and you had to pay them. So it just sounds like money to me. And it wasn't, it wasn't to me, it wasn't common at the time for an artist to be able to sit in the studio buy all the studio time, buy all the great musicians and let them do what you want. Like this was, this was a, an album of, of excess to me. 
But I, I'll say again, like I, I do think it's amazing when somebody has all the money and all the time and they produce something great. When I was, I think, I want to say 11, but it might have been like more like 18. I realized I could steal money out of my mom's purse, <laughs> right? So I was like, well, I'm going to steal like a hundred bucks out of my mom's purse and I could buy these things that when you pet them, they moved. Like it's the dumbest thing of all time. It's like these. Wait, wait, wait! What did you pet? What, yeah, what from? do you call you this? You had to pay a hundred dollars to pet that, and it moved. No, okay. Well, so you, you, were, you ripped off, my man. What, that what stuff's been free on? since you were a teenager. <laughs> so they had like a. It was literally like an, a caterpillar that had a carpet, and they were like two bucks each. And I was like, okay, if I steal, and now looking back, it's probably more like forty bucks. But I was like, I can steal forty bucks from my mom. I can buy twenty of these, and I could pet them, and they'd move. Like that's the decisions I'd make if I had lots of money is like, I'm going to buy 20 of these dumb shit things that I could buy one of. And it does the same thing. But for somebody to be like, Oh, I have all the time in the world and the creativity and I'm going to hire all these musicians and make something like pet sounds. Like it's totally different. And you got to understand like when Brian Wilson made this, right. He was 23 years old. Like that's wild to me that a 23 year old could make this album and come up with all these cool sounds that you hear. Um, I will say this for myself, Beach Boys, big Beach Boys fan growing up. Although, could you ever tell that to anybody? Like if people were like, oh, I'm into the Beatles, could you ever say like, oh, I'm really into the Beach Boys? No, it's simply that I had the Beach Boys greatest hits albums. It was the same thing. It was in the car. I heard all their hits. So then me listening to Pet Sounds, I was like, well, I bet I know a lot of these songs. And a lot of them I had never heard before. And at the same time, I was like, and again, I'm so influenced by basically everything. I was like, Oh, this is number two on the list. These songs are really good. But I got to say, guys, the third time I listened through this CD, I skipped a lot of songs just to get to God Only Knows, which I will say right now, and I'm going to say it the first time. Greatest song on the list, period, end of story. It's the greatest song in Ooh. rock and roll history. This, wow. this whole album, and I, th and I think when you, when you put it in perspective, this is a 1966 album. Um, the other, the other albums on the top five came out in 67, 66 revolver in 66, uh, highway 61 is 65 rubber soul is 65. So I, I, I think that this song that God only knows is the best song in the top five. It's the best song, rock and roll song ever recorded. I will never fast forward it. I listen through it all the time. I think it's one of the greatest ever. Um, but wow, that's a, we can talk about it. We can talk about it further when we get to this song, but here's where I'm wondering, like, how much are you influenced by what you read? Because when I listen to this song, it's a great song, don't get me wrong, but I also read that Paul McCartney listened to this and told the Beach Boys this was the greatest song ever. So did you read that and that's why you think that? Because <laughs> we know you're influenced by what Paul McCartney says. Hey, or are you just a is, big French horn guy? This is Paul McCartney. I just wanted to say, God only knows, best song ever in the world. Also, I look like your grandmother, kind of. Isn't that cool? <laughs> God damn it! I should have been mean, doing that impression of, all the time. None of the songs in the top five are as good as "I've Been Loving You," "I've Been Loving You Too Long" by Otis Redding. None of these songs even touch that one. But I mean, off. Of, I mean, this is. I mean, I love God Only Knows, but it's not better than "For No One." It's not better than uh, "In My Life." It's not. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Real quick. Is that wanna, better than Tomorrow Never Knows? Do you want to tell me, this album, Pet Sounds, came out in 1966. Do you want to tell me the best-selling album in 1966, what it was? Is this The Monkees again? Are we going to get The Monkees again? It was again? not The Monkees. The Monkees went nuts in 1967, not 1966. Bob Newhart, My Hairy Balls? I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It's somebody named Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass 
But they did have the awesomely named album Whipped Cream and Other Delights. Now, I have to admit, if I was in 1966 and there's an album out called Whipped Cream and Other Delights, I would have bought it. That sounds like... I think Herb Alpert was eventually sampled by Tribe Called Quest. I think that like that's what he, he became, uh, but I'm going to have to look that up. This is a no-research podcast. If we're getting into the Tribe Called Quest sampled Herb Albert, I need I to go I'm find another group of people to talk music with. I said I'm going to research it later, not now. I did not. I clearly did not research it. I'm not going to lie. that The cabin that I'm staying at right now, I know for a fact, has at least one Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass LP that I can listen to. <laughs> I might go do that right now. You should do it right now. Peace uh, out. We'll, we'll hold. So in context of the Beach Boys, this is, again, it's a very similar. It's, it's, it's interesting how similar this is to the Beatles. This is their 11th studio album. That's crazy. Think That's about so that. Many albums. That's, it's, it's insane. They were just cranking them out. And if you listen to early Beach Boys, and frankly, what's a lot on their Greatest Hits album, it's a lot of surf songs. It, it's what's sold, right? It's surf songs. And in the Midwest, because we didn't know jack shit about surfing, it was car songs. And it was like... Be true to your schools, rah, rah, rah. It was all this like super catchy stuff. And all of a sudden, after the last album, uh, Brian Wilson said, listen, you know what sucks? Touring. And again, think about the parallels between this and the Beatles. Like they didn't want to tour. They thought it was the worst thing ever. And all of a sudden he said, I don't want to tour. I want to sit around and, and try to make the greatest album of all time. Talk and about my feelings. And literally, while the rest of the Beach Boys were out touring, he wrote and produced Pet Sounds, which is, again, I'll say it again, it's a Brian Wilson album. To say it's the Beach Boys is, is a bit of a stretch. Uh, overall thoughts on the album? I, it's, a, it's an incredibly sad album to listen to as a 40-year-old man because it's like, it's all about how great life's going to be when you're not a teenager and, oh my God, can I you think imagine? at least one person on this podcast is not yet 40, correct? Yeah, Two of us. no. Yep. You're not either, Russell? I'm not 40. I turned 40 in a few weeks. And it's actually funny. I was looking at a market study today for a work thing, and they were going through markets by age. And it includes a, a 39 year old as a millennial. So I'm yeah. a millennial. Yeah. No, which, no, 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 January 1st, 1981 or later. So not, according to the market study I saw today, I am still a millennial. Okay. Yep. Well, you, you can come to our group. We'll take you. Nice avocado <laughs> toast, Russell. I would gladly claim that I am probably the Good oldest one. looking millennial in the world. Like I've got like <laughs> old man, white hair, kind of, you know, schlubby, overweight, you know, you know, I am probably easily the oldest millennial in the history of the you world. You got to right put now. on your bumble. I am a millennial in a real big letter. Yep. It's not suspicious yep. at all. Speaking of bumble, my, my appearance and my age do, has come up a few times and I'm curious how you guys would respond to this. So oh, it has come no. up, I would say a handful of times in my online Wait, dating Get, get, get to the corner. It's time for Russell's Advice Corner. Oh, yeah. In my... In my on, so in my online dating experiences, you guys know me well enough. Our listeners don't know what I look like because we will never ever put photographs of ourselves online because we don't want people to know what we look like. But a lot like I've got kind of like old man white hair. My my aunt says it's not gray that I can call it Norwegian blonde. So I claim that I've got Norwegian oh, like blonde that. hair. Yeah, that's nice. But I've had multiple women where I've either messaged them or they've messaged me back, or and they've said. There's no way you're 39. You're full of shit on your oh, age. No. You're lying about your age. And oh, then I no. just, I don't know how to take that. Like, part of me feels like, well, I know I look older for my age, but part of me is like, I'm being honest about it. And then I just feel bad about it. So the only good response I've ever had when someone's questioned my age is to say, 
actually, I'm 94 and I look really young for my age. So how would you guys <laughs> handle that? Well, obviously, if they're willing, they're already taking the time to message you. So they're interested. So I, I think. Oh, no, 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 no. Aaron, game. Aaron, you have a misunderstanding of the online dating world. Oh, no, they're just messaging you to burn. You? Some of them oh, are. No. Some of them These are just, just pointing that out in conversation and they're not really uh, slick that way. But some of them are actually just trying to burn you and, and be mean. They just take time out of their day to burn you. Well, then you got to leave those people behind. I mean, that's that's not what you need in your life. Don't you do you, don't you uh, kind of go eye for an eye right back at them about something? Like, there's no way that you're not over 200 pounds or something like that. And oh my Matt, god, god. That's so good. wow, oh, Matt, whoa, Matt, would, would I ever jugular. ever respond that above average or about average is not the accurate physical description for a woman on this site? <laughs> Absolutely not. I would never do that. Oh, man. Russell, you respect women in a way I, I I can only imagine how much you respect women, and I respect that. That makes you know what, Russell? That kind of turns me on. I like that. I like that about you. Well, we, as with we every, might talk about this album. As with every advice oh corner, God. you guys provided no. no useful advice for me on how to handle this. <laughs> let's get out. Either. Well, let's get, get out. Let's get out of the corner. Get out of the corner. <laughs> That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's advice. I just corner. like the oh, idea of my yeah. wife being like, "You look old as shit," and me be like, "Oh my God, what am I supposed to say, <laughs> Russell? Give me some advice." And find the ones with daddy issues, then, right? <laughs> Wait a minute. Now you guys are giving advice back to the corner. Just to, yeah, just text back. Do you have daddy issues? Things have taken mark. a turn. Things have taken a turn. All right. So I, I think the overall thoughts on this album, I just to get into it a little bit, is basically Brian Wilson is 23. He doesn't want to tour anymore. He comes up with this album. He hires, he's he's friends with this guy, Tony Asher who writes jingles for his company and he meets this guy and says, Hey, we should write an album together. Tony Asher came up with almost all the lyrics on this album. And it's really cool because I think what, what you really need to respect about this album is it is the greatest album because of the technological advances that came when, when we were talking about recording, they had to record this album at Columbia because it's one of the few eight track recorders that existed at the time. Now think about that. When I do this podcast, I could easily put in 30 tracks into GarageBand. It would take no time at all. But at this time to do eight tracks, and he would often do six tracks of vocals and mix the rest, all of those instruments, everything you hear, that wall of sound where it's two guitars, two drums, two basses, he would mix that all down to the two tracks. And that's why in a couple of these tracks, you can actually hear a conversation happening. You can hear a bike horn beep, even though the song is no longer about his childhood. Like there's all these mistakes and it's also interesting if you're a true musician expert like I am, and you look at the key for these songs, a lot of these songs don't have a key. They kind of meander between a couple different keys, and they really don't stick with a key. You hear a lot of shifts that are real so different for the time. I, I, I think this album, to listen to it, it's a guy who is 23 and wants to like wake up with a woman in some weird, depressing way. But at the same time, it, it, if you listen to what else was popular at the time, like Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass, it's such a huge step forward. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Could you guys, one thing I learned when I was watching the, the documentary the other day is learned about this relationship with Tony Asher, the guy that Rob mentioned, the, the lyricist for these, this album. 
But is it typical? What I learned about this is that the Beach Boys aren't the ones playing the instruments on this. They bring in all these professional musicians. Is that typical for most albums where they bring in all these musicians who aren't actually part of the band? No. Or is this kind no, of just an amazing yeah. production? That's what I'm saying. I think it was about. I think it was about the money. I think he had money to pay session musicians. Yeah. He could buy the studio time. He could pay the people to be there. And I don't think that was typical. But they I could think- they could play the music that he wanted to hear. Right. Or I don't know if his current band members could. Yeah, a little column A, a little column B. Where you know they ended up being able to do it and copying it, but I don't think they had the uh, you know the the chops to kind of come up with these different ways of doing the songs. I don't know when the right time to say this is, and I'm concerned that I might be walking into a joke, but we've referenced this uh, documentary a couple of times. And uh, I have to just say this, that the thing that I took away from watching the first half of the documentary, which is all I got through, uh, was uh, related to Brian Wilson's obsession with Be My Baby. The thing that I took away was uh, Ronnie Spector is a first ballot member of the Hall of Fine. I did not understand... what a and i hope my wife never listens to this i did not i never knew what a sexy woman she was uh, there's a couple of video clips of her like winking at the camera and singing and that stuff just uh that that's beautiful footage so i um i really appreciate the beach boys documentary for bringing that into my life i always like to think how weird it is to get aroused by women who are probably dead I think but she at might the be same still alive. Time, also, it's respectful. Shout out to the Bay Area's Eddie Money for reviving her career in the late '80s with uh, with "Take Me Home." All right. So keeping that in mind, if you look at the who wrote these songs and who sang on these songs, almost all of them are Brian Wilson. So the Beach Boys are composed of three brothers, right? Brian Wilson, Carl Wilson, and Denny. Dennis I think Wilson? it's Wilson the yeah. Wilson the vault Wilson yeah. the volleyballer. Is it the guy <laughs> from the show the Tool Time? Yeah. <laughs> More power. Ho, ho, ho. We need more power in the studio. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> and then their cousin. Wouldn't it be awesome if every time that the third Wilson brother sang at a be, concert, like he went nice. up and he stood, behind a, he stood behind a fence where you could only see the top of his face, like how Rob wants to wear his lower face mask. It would be like the fence. <laughs> do you think that they ever considered trying that? Like when they were playing casinos in the 90s, they were like, all right, we got to do what we got to do. Well, I'm guessing the one brother thought about it when he was recording with Charles Manson. So, yes. Uh, I will say, so then they have the cousin, their cousin, Mike Love, and then just Al Desjardins, who I don't know what their relationship is. But Mike Love, just to let you know, is the uncle of famous Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't think there are famous Minnesota Timberwolves. They suck. (laughs) Kevin Love, that is his uncle. This is where I felt like the the mental health tie-in from uh, your lead-in, Rob, because I know Kevin has been vocal about his um, his approach to mental health and mental wellness, and clearly this is a thing that their family has had to think about because uh, they were all related. So I, I was I thought about that a lot listening to this album. I thought about Kevin Love because he's been vocal about you know you don't have to be. You can be a famous person, you can be a successful person and still, you know, have to tackle demons in your mind. So I, I thought it was uh, interesting for me to think about uh, as I listened to the album. So let's get into the first song. Wouldn't it be nice? Awesome and I got to tell you. Awesome start. Right, so just, I, just, I, my problem listening to this album is I can never not start with the first track. Right. Like, so if I, I have to start with the first track. We got to stop talking. Yeah, we got to stop talking. So we hit the drum. Yep. 
And you're just like, oh, this is a nice, pleasant song. What's nothing? Whoa. <laughs> it's so good. So is this song just about him being horny as hell? I mean, is that what it's like, or am I dumb? Well, every no, song no. Yeah. written by a man is about them being horny. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, that's how music works. But uh, he's talking about it in a nice, sweet way. Yeah, like, you can't do things when you're 15 to 18, and then, you know, when you're 20, you can't. I mean, it's kind of about looking ahead. You're always looking ahead to what's right. next. Wouldn't, so, wouldn't this be nice? So, wouldn't, that, wouldn't it be nice to not have... Your kids bugging you all the time. They're just off at college. You can do whatever you want. I mean, wouldn't that be nice right now? No, you got a five and an eight-year-old, and you got to take care of them. I digress. It's so funny, though, because when you're like 12 or whatever, you're like, oh, man, wouldn't it be nice if I was married to somebody and they like have to kiss me whenever I say it? You know what? Is that fucked up? Now that I say that out loud, like that sounds like it's really messed up. If you think about it, the, this, I think I need therapy. This song is awesome. It has to be one of the best opening songs on yeah. any album we're going to listen to. Oh, but if you agreed. listen to the lyrics, is it really like Rob, Matt, Aaron? You could answer. Is it that nice? Yeah, it's that nice. Yes, yeah. I, mean, I, I love I being married. I mean, that nice. It is. There we yep. go. It there is. we go. Being married is very good. I think it's great. I don't. I'm not jealous at all about <laughs> Russ going on a number of Bumble days. I love my not wife. She's to me. the best. <laughs> I made the right decision 13 years ago. I don't mind well, that she doesn't respect be nice. me because I do a music podcast when I don't know anything about music. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if I could see other people naked in person and not online? Well, All right. My wife's always asking to listen to this podcast. Obviously, I'm crossing this episode off. Yeah. Oh, oh it's so weird. Pet sounds didn't get on there. Yeah, it's strange. Like, they're going to be like, what about number two pet sounds? I was looking at the list. Uh, yeah. Nobody cares. Technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Rob, Rob messed it up again. Two way. <laughs> Rob parked his car two way far away from the Wi-Fi. <laughs> ah. You still believe in me. Aaron, is Brian Wilson's voice like the falsetto, kind of a one of a kind, or how how do you look at his oh. voice the way he sings? That's a good question. I mean, in terms of falsetto voices, my favorite is Eddie Kendricks of the Temptations, but he sang in, in falsetto like almost exclusively. So, in terms of like blending it, I don't know. Like, we'll figure out when we get to number six, but I, I think it's similar to Marvin Gaye in the way he kind of blends ranges. I don't think it's as powerful as Marvin's, but I mean, he's very flexible in terms of going through ranges and actually speaking of wives i was talking to my lady tonight who has a doctorate in music <laughs> and she said if i were still teaching voice i would use this uh -huh. song as a warm-up for for kids uh to learn how to sing because it's a perfect vocalist and it's also a beautiful melody so you have a bm right i have a bm yeah that is correct all movement and your wife has a doctorate yeah she has a dma I also have an MM. Do you feel like a do you feel like a straight up sucker because your wife is more educated than you in yeah. music and you suck? Oh yeah, totally, hundred percent, all day long. That's why I had to bring her up because she was the person who had the better thought about this song than I did. Guess what, Rosie? You're off the podcast. Your wife is on the podcast <laughs> oh, now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We should wake start her up and bring her up. We should start a new podcast called like Bet Midler Did It Better and get Aaron's wife on instead. We don't we don't need Aaron anymore. If he's yes. if, if, if I thought we were getting the highest educated musical professional and that's not the case. In my household, you are not. You you wanted the best. Well they didn't fucking more educated. It, so this is what she you drives. Got. She drives the car, she drives the motorcycle. Yeah. 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 
This is where I live. That's not me. Again, if you read these titles as like a book, it's super depressing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? You still believe in me. That's not me. Very touchy feeling. Yep. Yeah. Now I read that this was the only song where the majority of the instruments were actually played by the band members and not the wrecking crew that the other band that was brought in. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. That's why it sounds so simple, right? It's just mm-hmm. like space out, like minimalist kind of. That's the thing is like comparing this to the Beatles. Like I get that this album influenced the Beatles and made them want to make Sgt. Pepper. But there's so many tracks where I'm just like, next. Like when I was listening to this, I'm just like, skip, skip, skip. I, I, I They just don't grab me like those Beatles. Tra- I was going to say, but this album was kind of brought on because of Rubber Soul is what I read yeah i did a bunch of research to try to figure it out not that much but you know the the rubber soul was kind of the first album where you could talk about your feelings and don't have to talk about the bubble gum and and uh you know high school stuff and that's what i heard brian wilson was like how oh, i can talk about my feelings right and so then he he said let's let me go to the studio and start doing this so i mean you know the the musicality probably came from uh, you know, the Sergeant Pepper, the musicality probably came from Brian Wilson stuff here, but kind of the concepts came from the Beatles. So, you know, it's kind of a, a, a wicked web we weave here between these two albums, I think. Wow. Weaving wicked webs. My thing with this album is, yeah, you, you I mean, because of where they sit on the list, because of where they sit in chronological proximity, you can't talk about Pet Sounds without talking about Rubber Soul and Sergeant Pepper. And... You're right, Matt. As we talk more about Rubber Soul, I think I might have liked that better as a kid than Sgt. Pepper. But the thing that I'm thinking about is Sgt. Pepper came at the height of the Beatles' fame when they were trying to get away from fame, and it, it was fucking them up to be famous. And there's so little to me, relatively, there's so little sincerity on Sgt. Pepper, whereas this album to me, like Pet Sounds is so sincere. And I think that, at least on this yeah. album, the Beach Boys do sincerity far better than, than the Beatles oh, yeah, were doing from vein. 66 onward, vein, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, and so that, to me, is what's great about this album, is, is the just full-on, yeah, I mean, cutting a vein, you got it right, Matt. So. But does it is that the reason it didn't sell so well? You know, every, all, yeah, probably. Nobody all wants the to heavy, like, uh, yeah, all the heavy musicians say, yeah, how great, how great the album is, right? But it did not have commercial success outside of a couple I also, songs. I mean, I wondered if it was like a hey, British wait, thing. Wait, 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 Matt? Matt, that was a really smart thing to say. <laughs> that was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, that's some smart shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. I made it, so I had to play it. Did you put a sitar on there? I think you put a sitar on there. <laughs> Robbie Shankar play that? Was that George, yeah. or who was playing yeah. that one? <laughs> Robbie Shankar. <laughs> the, last, the last week, I went to India for, for a couple days, so I'm play a song. <laughs> So this is a song called Don't Talk. Put your head on my shoulder. Can you imagine writing a song about not talking? Next. <laughs> this is a weird song. Yeah, this is just agreed. like a rebound song where like he's just there for whatever woman broke up with some dude. Like have some self-respect, right? You right. Know, just be the rebound guy. Come on. This is where I would the, be the, the rebound the guy. Album gets a little... Ladies, if you're listening, I will be a rebound guy. I'll listen to about how bad that guy was. Ah, uh, this these drums, this is my shit right here. I'm waiting for the day. And I got to say about these drums, so this is my first excuse on this podcast to talk about one of my favorite albums of all time, which is Monin by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. 
And I think that initial drum sound reminds me so much of the Drum Thunder Suite on Mona by Airplay Jazz what. Messengers, which I know, I know, I absolutely have to believe that Brian Wilson had heard in his life. And that's Rosie's left field take of the week. Oh, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. If I had to have another fucking conversation about Art Blake and the <laughs> oh, take five messengers, I'm just so podcast. sick of this shit already. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Every minute I'm awake, people are talking to me about Art Blake and the Take Five Bull Boys or whatever you said. Do you think there's a bizarre world where Art Blake has a podcast with his friends where they're talking about us? I just want to be clear that yeah. it's Art Blakey with a Y on the end in case he's listening. I think he's oh, well, in, case Art Blakey, in case Never other mind. Art Blakey fans are listening. But those drums remind Art Blakey, me Art Blakey, there's 0% chance he's still alive, by the way. I don't think he's alive. All yet. right. Let's go away for a while. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it sound like I get that Brian Wilson was young, but this literally sounds like songs I would write when I was in junior high. I think it's speaking nice, of junior right? high. I think, nice. I, I think when you bring up junior high, it started me making me think, you know, the Beach Boys maybe could have been considered a boy band at some point. We know the Beatles were kind of a boy band at first. Now, the Beach Boys actually have the name Boy in the name of their band. Yeah. So I started wondering, who are the actual greatest boy bands of all time? And that would have to include, and you have to include the name Boy in the name of the group. So I'm going to give you guys a list of them, if that's all right. No, I I got my number one. Me too. Rob, Rob, if you want to go to our other playlist. I think Matt and I are going to be on the same page here. I know it. And I mean, I... The first one is the Backstreet Boys. Rob, cue up everybody by the Backstreet Boys. Put it on here. I thought it's it's a oh, good, wait, I there. mean, this is a good song. Like, I can't front. This, this is a good song. Yeah, I love this. I love this beginning. But when you hear, like, but when you hear this next to the Beach Boys, you're like, oh, this is entirely. But isn't, I mean, okay. isn't Bye 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 a better song? I put on the extended version. Why does anybody need an extended <laughs> version of this yeah, song? It makes no, no sense. She extended. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, the- yeah. Right, there's no Bruno Mars without this. Like, this is. I love the idea of Bruno Mars sitting in his room and being like, oh man, I should go into retail. And then hearing the sound and being like, no, I should be a musician. So, clearly, clearly the, the Baxter Boys are on the list, but the number two option is this is where it's going to be embarrassingly how much, how little I know about music. Because this band is sold, this group has sold hundreds of millions of albums, but I've never heard of them. The Pet Shop, Bo- Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> you guys know this band? Oh yeah. Nah. I do, Russ. I know a lot about music, and don't ask me to ask. Just say another number of their song, another song right. title of theirs. All right, the next, oh. the next band for your I'm listening classic. pleasure. Classic. The next band for your listening pleasure is one that would probably be a great Rob karaoke band, the Oak Ridge Boys with Elvira. Yes. The Oak Ridge Boys. God damn. To go from the Backstreet Boys to the Pet Shop Boys to the Oak Ridge Boys is a wild trip. You sent me a list of these songs and I was like, what the hell is Russ going to talk about? So the Oak Ridge Boys are pretty good. They've got great beards and everything, but I don't know if they're the best boy band ever. Do you think that the guy with the super low voice for the Oak Ridge Boys ever found any other work besides singing Elvira? 
Do you think he went to like other bands? He's like, check this out. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God damn, that's just what we need. <laughs> All right. The next one is Rob. If you want to jump forward to about a minute 30 left in the song. The Ghetto Boys. The Ghetto Boys. I've been waiting. This is such a good song. Yeah. Uh, so where, where do the Ghetto Boys rank up there for you guys? We got a few more left. I mean, this song right, so, is just phenomenal. So far, the Ghetto Boys are number one. I got to say, I was playing Scarface at home the other day, and uh, he uses the F word uh, as a derogatory slang term, and that was really troubling for me. I was like, I can't play Scarface at home anymore. The next one, maybe one that you guys have forgot about somewhere down the road. But how about Heavy D and the Boys? Ooh, Heavy D and the Boys. This, this was my fucking jam. Yes. yes. This is the theme of this song. He was like, he was like, you know what? We found love. Now what are we gonna do? Like, what do you mean? What are you gonna do? Like, this is this is the goal of every artist ever is finding love. What do you do? What do you mean? What are you gonna do? And he's really, God I mean, damn. like, Heavy D is really rapping on this track. Like, he's letting it go. Oh, it's he's so not out good. Of oh, it's super good. Right? So, Heavy, <laughs> Heavy D and the boys spell it with a Z, not, a, not an S at the end. The other band oh, that spells it with a Z is number two on the list, Boys to Men. Boys to Men. Uh, uh, Motown boys Philly, to men. Rob. Boys to Men. Babies. So boys to men, obviously I love it, but I'm always embarrassed that someone's gonna see that it's one of my favorite things on Spotify. So I can never, I can never link my Spotify to any of my dating accounts because I don't want people to know that I'm. You'll make love or whatever that song is is, is one of my. Favorite I'll make love songs. to you. <laughs> you'll I'll make, make love, love to me. <laughs> yes, you want that to be the surprise. Like I'll make love to me like I want me to. And I will not no. let go. Hold myself tight. Boys to Men went a little, little bit strong when they went with the Z in boys and also the two, the, the yeah. number two, no. the Roman numerals. Or is that too much? Anything Boys to Men did, anything Boys to Men did is intrinsically correct. And that's why for a while in junior high, I tried to dress like Boys to Men, which was tough <laughs> in my all Caucasian middle school in Minnesota, but I pulled it off. Mm. And uh, you know why I pulled it off? Serve. It's because I was the deep voice guy. Well, speaking of the all Girl, Caucasian rap group, we're going to go with say, maybe the number one group I'm for the sorry. boy bands <laughs> in I'm a sorry. rap version. How about the Beastie Boys? I'm sorry Sabaton. for joking. Oh, here we go. This is who I this is Girl, I'm sorry that I have a podcast and I was talking to my friends about wife swapping and I didn't talk to you about it first and that's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> this, I got to say, this might be the best song we've heard yet, period. So good. I mean, if we just happened to record Pet Sounds and oh. Revolver on the same night, nobody knew about it, and you were to argue this is the best song, yeah. I wouldn't argue with you. I wouldn't argue back. Easy, 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 greatest video of all time. Uh, all right, so what do you guys think? Matt, Aaron, Rob, what, what is your favorite boy band? I got to go with Heavy D and the Boys. I think the idea that somebody, the idea that somebody could just have a nickname that talks about how fat they are was revolutionary to me when I was growing up. I was like, God dang it. I missed my calling. I should have been called like, you know, heavy Rob, but then I need to get some boys, but I, I it's, it's great. And it's an awesome song. Oh, heavy D and the boys is the correct answer. Man, uh, for me, it's definitely beastie boys. Uh, that's who I thought of right away when you started this game. And so, yeah, beastie boys, top of the list. Great boy band. Aaron, uh, quick quibble with Rob's uh, best video of all time. Um, that, 
tells me the rev has not seen the Janet Jackson anytime, anyplace video. But I will say that uh, Boys to Men are the best boys band of all time. Great answers, great boys. answers. But as you guys know, sometimes we got to go off the board for oh, the correct God. answer. Oh, it's no. like we're at the swimming pool. Russ is going off the board, baby. He's going off. All right, we got to go off the board. The greatest boy band ever is the Soggy Bottom Boys. I'm a man of constant yeah. sorrow. Oh, yes. When I think of boy bands, this is often the song I'm thinking of. The first one. The original George boy Clooney bands. Tim Blake Nelson just getting it done. So George Clooney is not in this band, right? Oh, he is. I, th- I think he is, right? Absolutely. Is this, is this, this really is George Clooney. George Clooney? This is definitely George Clooney's voice. I, I know it. You can hear the ER right here. <laughs> I've seen Michael Clayton a thousand times. All right. That's a good that's Michael Clayton that's joke. God, that's you know, the saddest thing we've heard on this episode. You've seen Michael Clayton a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's sadder than anything the Beach Boys ever wrote. Hey, thanks for swapping wives with me. Well, time to watch Michael Clayton. It's Friday night. <laughs> we'll end on Sunday night. Sounds great. Oh, and you also have to sit there while I edit a podcast and ask you, does it, what do you think of this joke? It, it doesn't It doesn't quite sound like the horns and the flutes with Sloop John B., so maybe we should touch on that one, Rob. All right, so Sloop John B., originally a... A, a sailor shanty or something, right? Yeah, and it was done by the, the Kingston shanty? Trio. Yeah. Oh, and there's a great part in that documentary we were talking about earlier where Al Desjardins was like, oh yeah, I brought this to Brian Wilson and said we should do it. And Brian Wilson kind of rearranged it. And then on the day they recorded it, they didn't invite Al in to sing it all. <laughs> so it was just more Brian Wilson just doing it. But man, this song is so good. But it did, I think it, it affected me when I was younger to not want to go on sailing ever. Because I was like, it's the worst trip he's ever been on. You're a terrible sailing I, I teacher. Actually, I could talk about that a little bit. I have only been sailing, I don't know if you know this, Rob. I've been sailing exactly one time in my life, and it was on Rob's sailboat on Lake Teppan. And it is one of the coldest days of my life. It was a strange day. We went out, yeah. beautiful weather. Weather got bad, had to turn around. You can't like you can't just turn around on a sailboat, it turns out. That shit was cool. Yeah. If you're under 300 pounds, you do not want to go sailing with me. That's a huge mistake that you made. <laughs> you should never trust a huge guy going into cold water. It's a, it's a disaster. I'm curious though, so Rob, cool. you had mentioned that Al Jardine brought this song idea and then he didn't even get invited to help record it or put it together. But when I watched a documentary about this, he didn't really seem to care. And when you listen no. to all these other Beach Boys <laughs> and all these shit. all these artists, they all just kind of praised Brian Wilson. And it's almost the credit he deserves kind of comes from his contemporaries giving him the credit and not feeling jealous about it. Right. Like all these people yeah. are yeah. calling him a genius. They're fine with him running everything. And if he wasn't so amazing at what he did, nobody would ever put up with that shit. Right. Yeah, he must have been great. Right. Oh, I, I, there's no doubt. I mean, it, when you listen to them talk about Brian Wilson, every single person says he is a genius. He is a genius. He's a genius. He's such a genius and a tragic figure all at the same time. It, it, it's almost like he wasn't made for these times. <clears throat> Damn, Aaron. Every other song sucks this song's asshole. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> period. <laughs> End of story. Every other song is dog shit. If you took a hot dog bun and fill it up with dog, fresh dog shit 
That is Sgt. Pepper. That is Bob Dylan. That is every other song on the list. Okay. That is, except for Heavy D and the Boys. This. Did they make the list? Rob, you should write four words for books. Four. (laughs) (laughs) Every other book sucks shit. A huge part of a huge part of living life. I always tell my girls, I'm like a, a giant part of living life is just having confidence. If you can do whatever you do with an extraordinary amount of confidence, you're way ahead of the game. And this, I can say with the utmost confidence, is the greatest song ever. And it's not just because Paul McCartney said it that one time. Mm, I'm sure. Hey, Brian, love the song. It's me, Paul. The French horn. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, hey, is that a harpsichord in this song? I love it. Now, we 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 realized at the beginning of this episode, it's not hard to do this round at the end. Like, we nailed it, and we didn't even practice it. So I am kind of like the Brian Wilson of this podcast. You're 100% Brian Wilson of this podcast. What a moment the French horn had in 1966, right? God only knows, and for no one. I mean, that's got to be like the highlight. The There's like two French horns. like Beethoven third or whatever. There's like two French horns. <laughs> Rob, what is it about this song that makes it stand out for you so much? To me, this is just kind of another sappy love song. No. Why, why is it the number one song ever for you? It's it's it's, uh, it's ultimately singable. I'll never skip it. I'll never say, oh, I don't want to listen to this song right now. It, it, it the, the way it starts, and then it somehow builds from there. And then just when you think like, oh, this song is like... It's everything I think love should have been when I was younger, right? When I was younger and I, and I wanted to date, I was like, I want to find somebody who... I couldn't even imagine what I would do without you in my whole life. And that is who I found in my wife. And it's great. But, and and then you hit the end and it has the ultimate thing I've loved in music more than anything else my whole life around. Get the fuck out of here. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) When I was in music class in fourth grade, we'd do rounds. I would get pumped. Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. God only knows what I'd do without you. Row your boat. down the street. Guys. This is, <laughs> this is our Patreon. We just do rounds and people can join in. And we'll leave a space. We'll be like, okay, you're the fourth one to come in. Okay, episode two, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, part two, because it's the only other song of the round we can think of. Russell, when's your, uh, you, you got to have your top five uh, rounds of all time, right? Like the songs that have a round in them? Oh, my God. We, What's kind of a deep that? move to call me out when I don't have that prepared tonight, huh? Coming hey, in at number hey, three. If anyone's going to ask Is people, any? if anyone on this podcast is going to ask people unprompted questions, it's going to be me. I do not expect to be asked unprompted questions. Like, I don't even look at you guys in the Zoom call. I stare ahead at my notes the whole time. I'm, can, I'm not prepared for that. The whole point was, is there is no other songs that have rounds in them that would be anywhere close. And I'll tell you what, if you out there can think of a song that has a round in it that's not Row, Row Your Boat or God Only Knows, shoot me an e- Shoot me in Gmail at uh, BeckDidItBetter at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Beck did it, at BeckDidItBetter uh, on Twitter. Rob, can we pull up? Can we pull up that song "Down in the Boondocks" or whatever? There is a round in that song "Down in the Boondocks." Down in the Boondocks oh, like or whatever. Song. Let's pull up "Down in the Boondocks." <laughs> boondocks. Do a search for Boondocks. There it is. I don't. Who is that? Oh, Billy Joe Royal. Right. No, 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 no. It's some country band. <laughs> Billy Joe Royal. Oh no! Fuck no! No, you guys are morons. Let's get to the real one. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is not I the like famous that kind of like one. Down in like the boondocks. Yeah, it is. Oh, 
down the boondocks. <laughs> well, we're just doing what you said. Could you please pull up Little little Big Town Boondocks and tell me this isn't a, a better round than anything the Beach Boys ever did? We're going to listen to the whole fucking thing if we have to for me to prove that I'm the best musician on this pod. Fuck, I played the alto sax two years. Okay, here we go. There it is. We're going to listen to the whole thing. Rob can pick out the part that where there's the round. This is clearly not the best rendition of this song already. Oh, you hold up, Rosie. You will change your mind. <laughs> okay, so all you guys out there who were just typing in Boondocks Little Big Town on the Gmail, gonna need you to click that X, close out, put it to your draft, son. Don't send it. You're gonna it. hear the. You're. This is no question the greatest round in the history of rounds, other than Row Your Boat. <laughs> so this song better than Row Your Boat. God, they're gonna put that on their album cover. <laughs> Little Big Town does it best. That's up. the next podcast. Russell Rather than row your boat. Star of Beck did it better. And the Round Patreon podcast. Well, after this song, it might be former star of Beck did it better, who was kicked <laughs> off the podcast for making people listen to three minutes of Down in the Boondocks by Little Big Town. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Just you wait a, for it. Do you know what a round is? You guys are not. Oh, God. I can't wait for this shit. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and drink my cocktails while you guys listen to this shit. Could I write music? This makes me think I could write songs. It's definitely rhyme. So, yeah. Oh, they rhyme feet with creek. Not a rhyme, by the way. Do not talk about feet on this podcast. Don't do it. <laughs> now I'm starting to wonder if there may not be a round in this, and I'm going to put yes to the whole thing. <laughs> I think there is one, but I could be wrong. I might start Googling it. Well, we got this far. We got it. This is cool. My hard drive hates me anyway. Oh, here fill it, it comes. Up. Here we go. Here we go. I'm a musical genius here. Fuck Paul and John. <laughs> Oh, not quite yet. Coming up later. <laughs> I could I could be wrong. It's not good when you it's not good when you Google boondocks and round and it brings up some sort of round neck t-shirt. <laughs> Aren't they all round necks? I can't even see how much time's left. I'm concerned right now. <laughs> a good two minutes yeah, left. 30, all right, we're gonna get to that fucking chance. round. You got a chance? I forgot about John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you're putting at, if you're adding us on Twitter, could need you to close that up. Put it to your drafts. So we got John Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> Meanwhile, little Big Town is suing us for millions of dollars for copyright infringement here. No, we're doing this in an educational oh, way. Could, like, if this doesn't set up yeah, a round, what kid. would? Here we come. Oh, it's going to have to be at the end of the song or else I really <laughs> fucked it up. Oh, you still got a minute 30 left. <laughs> I'm not editing any of this, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, minute 20 left. Now? They're like, shit, the song's too short. We got to put it in a round. You get a row, line, row. Get Here we go. Row. Okay, so that's good. So I'm going to push pause on this right now. White, uh, no. Let's be. Huh? 
What? <laughs> Keep going. Oh, I thought, are we, no. are we done? I will quit this podcast if you don't hit play right now. I will quit and never allow you to post a podcast ever again. Okay, well, I lost my place. I got to start you over hit, the song. That's why right right I listen to the song again. John, Sunday morning. You get a lot. I get a Saturday night, church on Sunday morning. That's not around. That's called. It's got a copy. It's called back. That is around. This is like saying yellow submarine is around when they're like, it's yellow. They're singing. They're all starting from a different point. That's around. Okay, so listen to this song. That's right? a fucking round. I think you might be right, Russell. All right. That is clearly a round. You hear it right there. So wait, I'm, I need a little. I need a little time. I'm going to put in something to put in earlier in the podcast. Uh, hey, this is Rob coming at you. Listen, you're going to want to hit that uh, 15 second ahead button on your uh, podcast device. You're going to hit that about 10 times, I would say. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna want to get up past where hey. we talk about what is around. Did, did you guys? <laughs> that is around. That is clearly around. I think I, you might be right. They're just singing. No, they're it's just singing. Not around. They're just copying each other. Yeah. No, if if that, one person, and then starts, they all end at the same time. If one person starts the song and another person starts the same lyric a few seconds later, that's a fucking round. Well, this is what happens when you guys give me unprompted questions that aren't on my notes. I don't feel bad at all. Russ, you're you right. That song the, is equally good to this song. Board. I mean, oh, 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 so good. I think we've done this to death, but I do like the way the lyrics kind of unspool. Like, if you should ever leave me, life would still go on and yeah. figure out that like oh. life would go on, but it wouldn't be worth living for him. Like, that's a killer. Uh, okay, weird. just listen to this and we'll stop. What song are we listening to? Are you serious? Is, uh, Are you serious? God only knows it has a round at the end of it. No. <laughs> uh, you guys ever heard of this song, <laughs> Boondocks by Big Town? No. All right, here it is, Russell. Now, you might not know what a round is, Russell, but this is it right here. <laughs> you know, they had uh, originally... That's not different at all than what we to just said. That's little... pretty, pretty similar. It's just kind of... Yeah, that, there, yeah, Aaron, like, Aaron is there any snippets. difference from what we just listened to than... Boondocks by I mean, Little I would Big say Town. there's some difference, but I think they're very similar ideas. It, it, it's likely that the Boondocks have, or God only knows, if I had to guess. Oh, hey, sweetie, you seem depressed. What's going on? Oh, the podcast broke up. Oh, really? What'd you guys break up about? Uh, <laughs> well, we were listening to songs with rounds, and we couldn't agree what a round is. <laughs> we haven't put on John Jacob Jingleheimer oh, Schmidt yet. That's why. Sweetie, have you listened to that Boondocks song? That's got a round in it. I? Uh, all right. If we, if we want to yeah. cancel episode 71 Kid A and just do John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, I am totally down with that. I know there's an answer. Yeah. Yep. Anybody got anything to say? I like that kind of bass clarinet sound. That yeah. It's kind of like a few of these here in the middle where it's just. Yeah. My untrained ear, they just kind of all blend together. Here today. I don't like this one. This, this, this reminds me more of uh, uh, Beach Boys I'm used to, though. You know, yeah. I agree, Surfing, Rob. go this to the not... beach in my hot rod, yeah, now. 
This is not the Beach Boys. I'm used to each, either. None of these songs on this album. Is there one song about the beach? No, no. It's it's false advertising, right? (laughs) And really, in the pandemic world, a lot of us are missing trips to the beach. Oh. But for those of you who are living in the Midwest and don't want to take a flight to the coast to see Aaron out in Oakland, you still need that beach time. But Russ, what can we do about that? There there can't be anywhere we can go where we could find a beach (laughs) that we could relax on. There is actually, Rob. It's great you asked that. I want to recommend that you take your family trip to Cole's Resort on Big Turtle Lake in Bemidji, Minnesota. Cole's Resort is one of Minnesota's historic resorts and has been providing families with the chance to make a lifetime of memories since the 1960s. Cole's Resort has 20 cabins, and guess what, Rob? They have air conditioning in every single one of them for you. That's big. Now, what are some of your guys' favorite things to do at the beach? Aaron, when you go to the beach, what do you love to do? I love to paddleboard. You know what, Aaron? If you were to go to Kohl's, you don't even have to pack your paddleboard. They have free paddleboards for you to use up there at the beach. Matt, what do you like to do at the beach? Well, you know, I'm not really a sand guy. I really like to kind of hang out on like a pontoon or a boat and just get out on the water. Matt, Matt, Kohl's Resort up at Bemidji, Minnesota has boats and pontoons for your rental all sorts of them for you You don't even need them you don't even need to hook up your trailer you just go up there and they'll help you out rob what do you love to do at the beach i like to wife swap and just this week only (laughs) if you're at cole's resort and you say you're there for the wife swap they'll give you 30 percent off that's 30 percent off go up to the desk and say i'm here for the wife swap (laughs) rob i also know that you love to be outside at the beach but you don't want to get sunburned. For, for those of you who sunburn easily, they've got an indoor pool. And for those of you who can't stand your kids and need to get away for a few hours, you can stop in at Liar's Lounge Bar and Restaurant for a drink. Liar's Lounge. So when you get done listening to this album. I don't swap in there. When you get done listening to this album and you need some beach time and you need to get away from that wife swap, which you can't handle the second one either, reserve your cabin at Cole's Resort in Bemidji, Minnesota. That's K-O-H-L-S Resort. And tell the owners that Beck did it better. <laughs> Right. I'm sure I'm sure the owners will be thrilled with the wipe swap portion of this advertisement. Um Beck did it better and I'm here for the wife swap. If they have somebody come up to them and say wife swap and they want a discount, we officially have the most successful podcast right. of all time. Right. My life goal, I don't care if my kids start smoking meth and never go to college. If somebody goes to Cole's Resort and goes up to the thing and says, I'm here for the wife swap, I will feel like my life has been worth it. Everything I've done has been leading up to that moment. Can you imagine Russ is scooping ice cream and drinking a hundred beers or whatever you did the other week when you were up there and somebody comes in and goes, I'm here for the wife swap and Russ just immediately like texts us. Yes. He just knows. I'm sure the owner would have no problem clicking on a button on that laptop of his and saying, oh, we'll definitely give you that 12% discount for the wife swap. Yeah. Oh, that's cabin nine. (laughs) All right. I just wasn't made for these times. <laughs> Touchy feely, Brian Wilson. I do love the song though, and it's not. It doesn't seem like it's that popular on the Amazon streaming. Aaron and Matt, one thing you guys were talking about earlier is how like this is kind of more cutting open a vein or getting personal than maybe a Beatles album. And I think you're right. If you're looking, it's like mm-hmm. he's just looking for a place to fit in. He's looking for where he belongs, right? And aren't we all kind of looking for that to some extent? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think I think the Beatles probably wrote about that, but not so directly the way Brian Wilson was willing to say. Like sometimes I feel very sad, which like is the literal most human emotion you could like communicate. And like the Beatles would always like talk their way around it, but Brian was like, "I'm just going to say it." Can you imagine a band like Kiss or like Motley Crue writing a song like this where they're like? Sometimes I get sad. Dun, 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 dun. Don't know what to do. I would do. like to hear Motley Crue cover it. I'd oh, love to hear Motley Crue cover this. So good. All right. We should talk about Motley Crue in one of these episodes. All right. Next one. Pet Sounds. Is this the worst title track of any album in the top 10? Or ever? Hello. This sounds like one yeah. of those uh, like surf music instrumentals, right? With a... It is yeah. an instrumental. This, this was the one I talked about earlier where there are 22 instruments, 52 musicians on this song. Wow. Oh, well. I don't even know 52 people that would want to talk to me, let alone that would play instruments in a small room with me. Well, you could hire them. We haven't released this yes. podcast yet. Uh, you could hire 52 people to do anything. Exactly. We definitely can Wilson once did. we get that once we get that sponsorship money oh from my Cole's God. Resort up in Bemidji, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be paying out so much in discounts, though. Right? <laughs> God dang wife swap. Russ, everybody is up here swapping wives. I'm broke. <laughs> cabin one, cabin four, cabin I'm five, right. cabin 12, the upper level of the big cabin, oh the my lower God. level of the big cabin. It's just constant wife swapping. I'm not making any money. I put cabin five with cabin seven. Turns out they're actually married. I, I'm going to wife swap. Now they're mad at me too. Yeah. <laughs> The, the people rowing the canoe, the people that are using the kayaks, they're all swapping. I'm not making any money. And the final song on the album, and real quick, I'm going to jump out. This is the final song, right? Because I'm seeing a bunch no, of other. One more. Well, the great thing about it is we oh, get hang to go through ego. and listen to the stereo mix after this. So we get to go track by track. We did auto mix, then we can do the stereo mix. We can do wait, 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 wait. We don't have to do a whole other podcast on this. One, yes, do we, we do. Oh, yeah, we no. got to do it twice. Oh, There's yeah. the mono and the stereo. We got to do them both. So which one do I have to put both headphones in for? <laughs> hey, Russ, this is Brian Wilson, and I just wanted to tell you that I'm so sad. Well, <laughs> see you later. I mean, literally be like every day waking up to a voicemail from Brian Wilson being like, man, life sucks. Well, up, off you go. All right. This is the first single off this album. Does that blow your mind? What, what song is yeah, this, Rob? Caroline, no. Caroline, no. Why are there so many songs about Caroline? All right, Maybe Russ, what's your top five songs about Caroline? <laughs> I, I don't have five of them, but it feels like there's a lot of songs about Caroline. Sweet there's Caroline. A, there's a good one called Caroline uh, by a Portland rapper named Amine. I like that one. Oh, I think that's such a pretty I don't name. Talk it out. Let's fuck it out. It is a pretty name. And it's three the big thing is too, you can rhyme Caroline with a lot. You know what I mean? Like that's why there's not so many songs about Robert. What are you going to rhyme Robert with? Bobbert. I'm not sure. I don't think there are any rhymes with Caroline. In oh, well, song. I can tell you Robert r- does rhyme with Slobbert because that was my nickname for a long time <laughs> in school. <laughs> oh, guess what? Does Blobbert also fit in there? Yes, it does. So I believe doesn't Outcast also sing about Caroline in one of their songs. She believes in pulling the word. Yep, it's in roses. Yeah, right. What if it's the same Caroline and she just she's just Caroline, got a way about her Caroline. and she she doesn't matter what year she still lives on. Oh, I love I love this kind of thinking. I love this way of thinking. Like there's just been one Caroline in all of these songs. I, I love it. It's like the redheaded witch in the Game of Thrones TV show. She lives for like hundreds of years, and then it actually turns out she's this old ugly man. 
oh, this is, I love thinking about this kind of shit. I will say, let's, let's spark up a J and really get into it. <clears throat> listening to Caroline. Yeah. I, I listen to all these albums. It does make me think we should probably take LSD when we do this podcast. We need sometime. more drugs on this podcast. Um, yeah. Although I will say Brian Wilson did take LSD and he said for the next year afterwards, he had auditory hallucinations, which is uh, it's a hard word to say. So I'm going to take that again. Auditory <laughs> hallucinations. And that would also be a bummer if your job was a musician and producer, that would suck. <laughs> That would make things tough for you. But the fact that that was the first single, the first single off this album, when you literally have the greatest piece of art ever made, and God only knows, is right there, and that's this song sucks ass compared to it, is absolutely ridiculous and upsetting. Hang on to your ego. This song's so different than the other songs we've listened to on this album. Same song. By the way, I do want to give a shout out to the album cover of this one. It makes the. Beach boys look like they're literally junior high boys that are on some field trip <laughs> where they're out like visiting the uh, goat farm. But this is like the, probably the end of like the the uh, the big record company calling the shots, right? Because they they said, okay, we'll give you all the money you want to go do your thing, but we're gonna do the we're gonna do the album cover. And it's gonna be called Pet Sounds. We got to put pets in there, right? So you're gonna There's go to the zoo and them. Yeah, but yeah, it makes sense. We got it's got to make sense. You know, you can't have an album cover that doesn't make sense with the name of the album. So, yeah, kind of seems like the end of that era with this album here. Until DMX albums and Snoop Dogg albums. <laughs> that is the end. It always of, came back. That is the end of Pet Sounds side two. After uh, Sloop John B, or no, God Only Knows started Sloop. Yeah, after Sloop John B, that whole side was 17 and a half minutes. It's nothing. God, they go so fast. Wouldn't you guys say beyond the instrumentals, wouldn't you say that the, the Beach Boys are most known for their harmonies? Yeah. <laughs> I think the logical question is, is did Beck do harmonies better than the Beatles or better oh. than the fucking Beach Boys? <laughs> so I started wondering a different band. Did Beck the do Beck harmonies better Boys. than the Beach Boys? Round, it's just a band that just does Beach Boys songs, but they put swear words in it. <laughs> round, round, get around. I fucking get around. I fucking get around. <laughs> so I did a little background search. And I came across a couple really great Background. songs. So, Rob, if you could fire up Blue Moon by Beck. <laughs> She's real fucking fine, my 409. She's real fucking fine. <laughs> so uh, I started Ruben. wondering. Fucking Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wouldn't you guys you agree? Far, guys. We Everybody's get gone fucking. <laughs> fucking USA. <laughs> The goddamn US. Hey, write that down. I don't know how <laughs> Rob's gonna edit his. I'm gonna try Dude, again one more time. I'm not and editing. I'm not gonna say the Beatles. These great jokes. No way. Beach Boys. Right. Okay. Seriously, no. Beyond beyond the instrumentals, wouldn't you guys say that the Beach Boys are most known for their harmonies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes. yes. So the logical question <laughs> for this podcast has to be. Did Beck do harmonies better than the Beatles? The Ooh. fucking Beach Boys. I mean, <laughs> the fucking Beach Boys. Wish they all could be fucking California. Girl. All right, I want to, we're going to do it one more time. No, I, want, I know. These be are good. true to your bitchin' soul. <laughs> so I did a little background search. That's background search. 
Hashtag background. I feel Hashtag like I'm losing background. my mind. Find it on our Twitter page. My friend oh my Ryan God. gave me the idea of a background no. search, and I came across some great songs. Rob, if you could pull up Blue Moon <sighs> by Beck and Ooh. jump ahead about 30 seconds or 320 remaining, and tell me, do you guys hear the Beach Boys in this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I yeah, think I the Beach, Beach Boys, Boys did it better. I hear the yeah. Beach Boys in that. Do you guys think the Beach Boys did it better than Beck or not? I do. I'm going to go Beach Boys on this one. I'm going to go Beach Boys on this one. Rob, who do you think did it better? I got to say, I like I, I like the Beach Boys better. I don't know. There's something about when they hit those harmonies, it really is pretty magical. But I have to be. I have to say, finding a part of Beck that sounds like the Beach Boys, you've really outdone yourself with your background research. You have. Well, the good thing is, this was not my proposal of what Beck did better. I just thought Beck was influenced by the Beach Boys. I have a different proposal for you guys. <laughs> oh, you're lying in the weeds again. Did you guys notice that in the Sgt. Pepper's album, there was a number of actual pet sounds? There were chickens and there were other pet sounds. What? How, right. However, yeah. this album, which is titled Pet Sounds, I don't think I actually heard any sounds from pets. Did you guys? I don't recall. No, I'm I, don't recall. I, However, I did Rob, have a dog once say to me, God only knows what I'd do without you. But that was pretty special. God only knows. However, Rob, if you could cue up the song Jackass by Beck and fast forward to the end of the song with about 25 seconds to go, you're going to hear a jackass clearly here. This is Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Jesus, where did you get this, Russell? Uh, we don't have to have a debate on whether this is truly a jackass or not. That was Isn't definitely it? a jackass. Was so I think you guys jackass. would have to admit, when it comes to pet sounds, <laughs> Beck did it better. Can't argue. Well, Once again, no, can't argue. Do we just, again, do we just end correct. the podcast now or what? I mean, how are we going to get yeah. any better than that? <laughs> you guys don't even know how much time I have to spend to come up with something to defend my original thesis here. You think putting swear words into Beach Boy songs is easy, Russell? You think that's just something that comes along, no problem? That's hard. Some guy just sends you a Zoom link and you're there. Yeah. Beach Boys Makes me think I just wasn't not. fucking made for these fucking times. <laughs> all right. So that was Pet Sounds. I'm not editing any of that. I think that's all gold. I really do. Yeah, We're going to put in. out the what we call the late night cut, where it's where we all lose our <laughs> yeah. goddamn minds. Our final rating system for Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys coming in in 1966 is rolling well-toned. It's perfect at number two. It did it get rolling boned. It's too low. It should have been number one. Rolling groan. Ugh, too high up on the list. Should have been lower, which in this case means a higher number. Listen, it all makes sense. It's great times. Uh, what do you think, Russell? I'm going to give this a rolling groan. I think I said this at the beginning of the podcast. If I'm going to hear a Beach Boys album and I don't get to hear any of the Beach Boys songs that I grew up loving... I don't think it should be this high on the list. And I think it's kind of a sad album and it's not that fun to listen to. I think it's brilliant in terms of what Brian Wilson did with it and putting together all this musical, bringing in all these different instruments and putting together that, that 
wall of sound or whatever you want to call it that Phil Spector was a part of or changing the way music was put together, but I don't enjoy listening to it that much. I think it's too high. Rolling groan. Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling boned, or rolling groan? I think given that uh, what we've heard so far on the list, I got to say rolling boned. I, strangely enough, really enjoy this album more than I enjoy Sgt. Pepper. I don't think by the time we get through the whole list, I'm going to call it the number one of all time. But uh, I'm going to say Rolling Bone because I like uh, I like listening to it better than I listen to Sgt. Pepper. Did you agree with Russell that this, this CD is a, or this album is a major bummer to listen to? I didn't feel like it was a bummer. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I there are definitely bummer uh, themes, but um, overall, I, I didn't feel like it was a major bummer. I don't know. And that's because you were attractive when you were younger. Okay. You didn't have any of these problems. At no point were you like, oh. I need a place to fit in at the lunch table at at middle school lunch. I wasn't made for these times. Yeah. You were totally made for those times. Yeah. Rob and I were sitting over at the lunch table with no people at them. I didn't even know what Jabo jeans were in middle school. Like, give me a break here, please. I don't even get how the ta- how did the tag on those jeans even get across there? It was no. so bizarre. I wasn't even allowed to have them. I wasn't cool enough. Why didn't my parents say no? Don't dress dress like crisscross at school. You will get beat up, Rob. Do not do that. <laughs> have you tried to go to the bathroom in jeans that are on backwards? It's almost impossible. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's one. You always have to sit down. I had to do that washing yeah. my hands trick so many times. All right. Oh my god! It water got on my jeans. By the way, pull that off again today, guys. Great trick if you ever pee your pants by accident. Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? I'm going to go with hashtag rolling grown. I'm going to take a little different approach than Rosie. I get where he's coming from with the, uh, um, you know, we've listened to two albums, and he would rate this one above it. I'd still rate Sgt. Pepper above it, but just it doesn't feel like a number two album to me. It's probably a generational thing where I just don't mm-hmm. understand the importance of it. Um, because I wasn't there, wasn't didn't, didn't feel. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. The more I'm listening deeper to it, I guess. But uh, overall, I think it's hashtag rolling grown. It's too high. You wonder if this album would be different if it was called Brian Wilson's Pet Sounds and not the Beach Boys. Because when you do, I mean, Russ is right. When you do listen to the Beach Boys, you want to hear some surfing, right? You want to hear some swearing. You want to hear about you know <laughs> taking pictures of people at the beach without their knowledge. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm into, and that I want to hear about. <laughs> And, but really, though, you when you know it's like, oh, this is Brian Wilson's pet sounds. You're like, okay, it's time for, it's time to uh, hear about why life sucks. There were no songs about taking pictures of people's feet at the beach. Not one. <laughs> Not a single one. Or wife swapping. <laughs> oh, well, this makes me think maybe I was listening to the remastered version. Uh, all right. <laughs> Mono plus feet. Uh, you know, that's a good idea for our next episode. Uh, here's Rob, the deal. What's your final rating? <laughs> My final rating is rolling Brian Wilson. Listen, he did the whole thing. Okay. He made the whole thing. I enjoyed the album. These songs have been stuck in my head. They've been stuck in the heads of the people around me. They've asked me to please stop playing these songs for him. And I tell him that God only knows is still, I believe the greatest song ever period. I could listen to it all day long. It just is like the most beautiful song of all time. And it's great. Now. That is uh, Pet Sounds. That is the Beach Boys. This is the ultimate summary of it. You'll never find a be- any better one anywhere online ever. Our next album is Revolver by the Beatles. And it's going to be real interesting to hear what we have to say about that, I bet. All right, here we go. So we know that Brian Wilson, listen, there's one thing he loves. It's Pet Sounds. But my question is, can you guys identify some of these Pet Sounds? 
So here's mm-hmm. how it's going to work. You're going to say your name, and then that's your buzzer, and then I'll call on you, and you tell me what made that sound. Okay, are you ready for this? Yep. All right, so we're going to start with a practice round, and then we're going to do five. Okay, so practice round. Here we go. Matt. Matt, what do you think it is? Sounds like a seal. You know what, Matt? I'm going to give it to you. It's a sea lion. Sea lion. But I think okay. you know that sea lions have ears and seals don't, and we don't need to get into that. Yeah. All right, so everybody knows how to play the game. Okay, so here, what are these? some of these pet sounds? Aaron, what do you got? Hippopotamus. That is incorrect. Dummy. All right. Either one of you guys? Uh, Matt. Matt. Rhinoceros. Rhinoceros is incorrect. Russ, you want to try? Russ. Yes. No, it's not Russ. Oh, wait. What What were you going to say? <laughs> the, the A hit track from the album Kid A by that band who played Kid A. <laughs> Band who played Kid A. Well, I'm gonna say <laughs> musical the, number, expert. the lead track on Kid A by Radiohead. There you go. Uh, that is incorrect. That was actually an alligator. An alligator. Oh, All well, right, next know. one. Here we go. Pet sounds. So what? What made this sound? Oh, ignore the beep in the beginning. Uh, Matt. Matt, what do you think? Um, right now is either everybody's at zero. Everybody's at negative one. Actually, I'm gonna go zebra. Matt, that is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, nice right. job. Oh. Ding, 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 ding. That is correct. Oh, I got to throw the zebra sound, too. That is a, a zebra. zebra nice job. noise like that. A zebra's like a horse. Yeah. How, why does it bark like a dog? It's nature. These are pet sounds. This is what... This Swiss is what Family Brian, Robinson. This is what Brian, Brian Wilson was into. Yeah, they had a zebra. All yeah. right. Dude, these outtakes would be worth a billion dollars. If we just put all these outtakes on one, one pod. They're all, they're all oh, in the podcast. I don't like to say this is an outtake while we're still... Recording it, Russell. That seems kind of insulting to my game. <laughs> All right, how about this one? Let's do. Uh, let's do this one. What do you think this one? Is? And I've got one. One more after this one. Right now, Matt's in the lead with one. This is super pleasant. Uh, Matt. Matt, what do you think? Sounds like a dying tiger. That is incorrect. Aaron, what do you think? Is it a giraffe? That is correct. It is a giraffe, Aaron. Whoa, you get a point for that. Nice. That's a baby giraffe. Adults giraffes can't make sound, but baby giraffes can. All right. Here we go. Fourth one. Second to last. What pet sound is this? <laughs> oh, I know. That's Matt. Matt, what do you think? That's DMX. That is DMX. That's right. Is it's it? a DMX crawl. <laughs> Nice job. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> there you go. And I do want to wow. remind you, I have said in the past, I do not like live music. One exception I will make is I did go to the basement of Holiday Inn and watch DMX perform in Vermont. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> there we go. That was Pet Sounds. That was the game Pet Sounds, which I'm definitely going to keep in. Uh, up next, we got Beatles Revolver. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Beck did it better. better. Beck did it better. better. Hey, was that a round? <laughs> <laughs> you should check out that song by. 
the Boondock Saints or whatever it's called. 